celebrating this um, we do every year, you know, it comes together. Um, we hear the story of Jesus in all four Gospels. Um, the Gospel of Matthew is the only one that mentions the, the wise men. And, uh, <laughs> and Mark is straightforward and just tells us that what we're experiencing is what was prophesied. And then Luke tells us of the visits of the shepherds and, and the angel to Mary. And then the Gospel of John, you know, talks to us about the great light that came. All four of them have the same story. It's just the audience that they're talking to needs to hear it a different way. And I'm sure those Greeks that read the uh, letter of John as he was proclaiming the message uh, that God had come to earth was having an extremely difficult time. But all the Gospels speak about one thing, the love of our Creator, God the Father, and his message to us uh, of sharing that great light um, of Jesus Christ into our midst. And I wonder often if we understand what that really means for us today, 2,000 years later, it uh, means a lot of things, but I think one of the things it means is that we can encounter. We can encounter um, the loving God in the ordinary things of our lives. I think that's what's most powerful. We don't have to wait until we get to heaven. It's in John 10.10. 10. Jesus said, I have come to give you life, but not just now. Life eternal. You can have it right now. You don't have to wait. We can meet God in that everyday mundane time of ours, you know, where, wherever we're at. Um, we can encourage the young people here right in our community. I don't know if you saw uh, the Lions Club, you know, took up that toy drive, and their whole place was flooded yesterday with, with, um, with packages of gifts for kids here. It's always good to do things for here. It's good that we can do things in Kentucky, but we need to start here, amen? Right here. Um, when we help, the, the next one I thought, we can see God in our midst when we help the survivors. We can see God's gifts um, um, just to give young people hope in the midst of their loss with those gifts that are going to arrive there probably Thursday or Friday. We can see God's grace when we come together here as, and worship and have this fellowship that is powerful, not only here on Sunday, but every day of the week when we meet each other. Even on our jobs, even on our jobs, we can be amazed at how great God is in the midst of everything. Um, I always think about when we're in line someplace. The last time I went shopping, Christmas shopping, was um, when we were at Navarre, so that was a long time ago because I was in Navarre in the 1990s. And uh, the last time I went shopping, we were in line at Penny's and in line. There was a line ahead of me, a line behind me, and the woman behind me kept hitting me with her thing. It was like beeping your horn at the red light. <laughs> yeah, she kept hitting me the whole time. I, I mean, for an hour, you know, and finally I said, okay, honey, come on, you go around in front of me. That way you're one more person ahead. I haven't went shopping since. I thought, no, I'm not going to, to get Christmas stolen from me for that. It, it's, um, it's an amazing thing that um, we, we think that uh, um, we can't get in contact with God, but here he tells us, no, I'm right here with you. And he wants us to know that in, in, in spite of everything going on, 
in spite of everything going on and as we, you know, the anger of this time that we have for everything that's going on politically and socially and, and, um, and our society is just um, corrupted, um, we, we need to know that we can come to God angry about that because God's angry about it too, I think. Uh, we can cry with the survivors of any disaster, um, cry with those that have lost loved ones right now. Um, and celebrating this season, that blue holiday that they will have, and understand that that's okay because God cries with us too. He, he want, matter of fact, he wants us to, to shed that unwed tear, you know, from our eye to our cheek. He wants us to shed that and be honest about things. Uh, when we get discouraged because of, of what it means that we're doing, I was watching Fox News this morning, and I don't listen to it, but I watch it. Phyllis Ann will say, did you see the weather? I said, yeah. She said, what's happening? I said, I don't know. I didn't pay attention, but I was right there in front of it. <laughs> Anybody else do that? Okay, good. <laughs> but this guy said, he, he just looked at the TV and said, you've got 370 days till Christmas. That's right, 370 days till next Christmas, next year. You know? And he passed this Christmas over. He said, it's all over and done with. And I'm thinking, no, no, we have a lot to do yet. <laughs> I got discouraged about that, and I let God know how I felt about it. When we feel weak, we think that God doesn't want us as his people. That's when God wants us the most. God empowers us then. Why do we need to open ourselves to God in this time of Christmas? I think it's simply so that we would be, become vessels and that we would be able to be used by him. Luke tells the story just in seven verses. Um, let's read it this morning. Um, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to follow along. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census with Q. You remember Q, don't you? And when Q was governor of Syria, you know how that's its nickname, Q. Quirinius? Okay. Everyone had, it's really bad when you have to tell your jokes, you know. <laughs> Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be in, uh, accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judea. David's town for the census. Simply as a descendant of David, he had to go there, so he went with Mary, his fiancée. Ah, his fiancée who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in that end. My friends, this is the word of God for all of his people. Praise God. Well, I think there it is. There is Christmas for us. Beyond our imagination, beyond our complete understanding. I, I don't know about you, but I don't understand all that happen, how that all happened. I just take it by faith that God has come to us in this little obscure town, in a lowly stable, <laughs> by a humble couple in a village called LaGrange. God has come to us. Amen? 
and in all the angels singing and all the celebration throughout. It's all about Jesus forgiving us of our sins. So if we want to have that hope in our lives, we need to grab a hold of this time of the year. If we want to have that peace that the world knows nothing about, we need to grab a hold of this child born. If we want to have that joy that surpasses anything that's going on, no matter what situation is in our lives, we can have joy because God has come into our midst. And more than anything else, what comes alive today for all of us is his love is so powerful that it would span, it spanned our, our circumstances and come and be with us simply to die for us. Wow, that's amazing love, huh? So I thought about how do I share that with you this morning? And I've been praying about it for a couple of weeks, this service, and, and, um, and knowing that folks would be at home following along with us, and I thought, I'll tell a fable. I said to Karen Wednesday night at practice, I said, Karen, I wish you was here. I should have given this fable to you, and you could have told it. She's the storyteller, you know? Um, just one little addendum I've just thought about. That was a great song we just sang, but that was a real hard song. And, and one time Jackie said, now, now go to where that key change is. And so I, I always relax when she starts talking like that. I relax because I don't know what a key chain is. <laughs> and, and in all honesty, a key change doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Stacy, quit it. Okay. And there's a key change today, you know. Yeah, and I just kept singing. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you this, this, um, this story, just real, it's a, a five-minute story and we'll be done. It's a great story. The first time I heard it was in, in the 90s. I heard it in the 90s and, and I, I, I've never really shared it with um, uh, anybody. It was just a story that I, I needed in seminary. Uh, that I was reading, and it was a professor that I was taking. He thought it was a great story. It's, uh, he called it, a, um, um, what's that guy that writes all the fables? Aesop? Yeah, he thought it was one of his fables, but he said it's not anywhere on paper. I think he might have made it up. I'm not sure. But anyways, it goes like this. There was this humble fisherman. Humble fisherman had went, loved to fish, and that's how he, he um, uh, took care of his family, just his wife and him. And um, he was married to an obnoxious wife. She was ill-tempered and not very nice. And he was just as calm as can be, as quiet as can be, loved everything, loved people all around him. He was just a great person in the community they lived in. She just bantered him and bantered him and told him how worthless he was and everything. And one day he was fishing and, and, uh, and he caught this great big silver fish. And uh, he pulled it into his boat, and he thought, oh, my, this will bring in lots of money, and, and people will get to feed off of it, you know, and everything. And the fish looked up at him and said, hey, if you throw me back in, I'll grant you a wish. Sounds like an Aesop's fable, doesn't it? So the guy said, okay, can you do me a favor and give my wife a nice house, nice clothes, nice everything, a white picket fence. And the fish said, okay, and the guy threw, threw the fish back in. 
So he walked home with his catch that day and came around the corner to where his house was. And guess what? There was a big white fence, big nice house. He walked in. His wife was dressed up real nice. She served him on great plates and and, uh, she was content as could be for two weeks. (laughs) And then she said, you mean to tell me you had this fish and all you wanted was this? You go back and tell that guy you want to be a duke and I want to be a dukeus and we want to... Is that it? Dukeus? Duchess. <laughs> I know it was something like that. You go back and tell him we want to live in a castle. We don't want to live in this dump. So he went back to his favorite fishing place where his fish was at. Sure enough, he caught it again. And he said to the fish, he said, my wife's still not happy. She'd like us to be a duke and duchess in a castle. Can you arrange that? He said, you throw me back in. Threw back in. He's walking along, coming around the curve, and he saw the castle long before he got there. <laughs> and guess what? Everything was happy. She was elated to be this duchess for two weeks. Yeah, it was terrible. And she said, she said, I can't believe you just asked for a castle. You tell him we want to be the emperor. So... He went, you know, he's fishing every day. He's not giving up his humble life. He's fishing. And he goes back to the place where he caught the fish. And sure enough, the fish jumped in the boat this time. And he said, how's things going? And he said, it's not good. He said, can you give me another wish? And he said, what's it this time? And she says, can, he says, can you put us into uh, authority and make us the emperor? Well, sure. And the fish jumped back in the lake. And sure enough, he went home and they were, he was the king, she was the queen. And you know what's happening, don't you? It was all good and fine and dandy for two weeks. <laughs> at the end of the two weeks, she said to him, I'm still not satisfied and I don't like you at all. The only way I'm going to like you is if you become, if I become, if I become God. I want it all. And he said, oh, Okay. Now, you've got to remember, he's been going back fishing every time, and this fish only jumps in whenever he needs to. This is years going by, and they're doing all this stuff going on. And he goes back, and he goes to a favorite spot where the fish is at, waiting for him. He jumps in the boat and says, what's up this time? And he says, well, we've got a difficult one. She wants to be God. And the fish says, really? And she, he says, she's not going to be happy until she's God, and then it's only for two weeks. You know the, tri- the, the situation. He said, she wants to be God, really? Is it possible for you to do that? And the fish says, sure. Are you sure she wants to be God? That's all she's talking about. She wants to be God. So he walks back home with his catch, and he walks around the curve, and you know what he sees, don't you? Don't you know what he sees? He sees a cave. He goes and looks in the cave, and there's a feeding trough in there. And he looks in the feeding trough, and guess who's there? (laughs) God. But she's going to be there longer in two weeks. Amen? And she learned about the real meaning of Christmas. And I think that's what we need to understand, too, the real meaning of what Christ is all about. It's not the gifts under the tree, is it? It's about us being the gift. Amen? Amen? Because we've received the, great, received the greatest gift of all. <laughs> we want that hope, peace, and, and uh, joy and love that we've talked about these four Sundays of Advent. And they, only, they don't ever come to us because we get. They come to us because we give. Amen?
We're never, 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 ever satisfied. Claire doesn't know it. I'm going to tell her Christmas Day. But she had two LOL high dolls. I don't know what they are. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? LOL high dolls. She had two of them. One is going to Kentucky. Amen? And I'll explain to her what that all means. That's the greatest gift we're going to give her. Praise God. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for reminding us it's not what we want that we think is going to satisfy us. It's what we get. It's what we get when we give that gift of your grace away to somebody else. Help us to do that this Christmas season more than any other. In this great time of anxiety, help us to be that giver that you, that you gave to us. We pray in your son's holy name today. Amen? Let's stand and sing.